जय राधा माधवा कुंजाबिहारी Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Giri Varadari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Giri Varadari Yashodanandana Vrajajana Ranjana Yashodanandana Vrajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tiravanachari Yamuna Tiravanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavallava Girivadadadi Jaya Gopi Janavallava Giri Varadari Yashoda Nandana Prashashana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Prashashana Ranjana Yamuna Tiravanachari Yamuna Tiravanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Om Vishnupad Paramahamsa Parvajakacharya Ashtatar Shatashri Srimad His Divine Grace Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Prabhupada Ki Jai Jayam Vishnupad Paramahamsa Parvajakacharya Ashtatar Shatashri Srimad Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj Prabhupada Ki Jai Ananta Koti Vaishnava Vrinda Ki Jai 
Namacharya Srila Haridas Dakur Kijai, Prem Sekaho Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Advaita Gadadhar Shiva Sadigora Bhaktivinda Kijai, Sri Sri Radha Krishna, Gopa Gopinath, Shamakun, Radhakun, Giri Govardhan Kijai, Vrindavindam Kijai, Navadvipdam Kijai, Jagannath Puridam Kijai, Bhakti Devi Kijai, Talasi Devi Kijai, Yamunamai Kijai, Gangamai Kijai, Samaveta Bhaktivinda Kijai, All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Gauranga. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. We are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 13, Text 14. And the Sanskrit is Kanchit Kalam Ata Avatsit Sat Krita Devavat Sukham Bratu Jaisthasya Shreya Krit Sarvesham Sukham Avaham Kanchit Kalam Ava Kanchit Kalam Atavatsit Satkrito Devavatsukam Bratur Jaisthasya Shreyas Sarvesham sukam avahan Kanchit kalam atavatsit Satkrito devavatsukam Ratur jistasya shreyaskrit Sarvesham sukam avahan Kanchit kalam atavatsit Satkrito deva vatsukam Ratur jistasyashreyaskrit Sarvesam sukam avahan Kanchit kalam atavatsit Satkrito deva vatsukam Ratur jestasya shreyaskrit Sarvesam sukham avahan Kanchit kalam atavatsit Satkrito deva vatsukam Ratur jistasya shreyaskrit Sarvesam sukham avahan Kanchit kalam atavatsit Satkrito deva vatsukam 
Raturjastasya Shreyaskrit Sarvesam Sukam Avahan Kanchit Kalam Atavatsit Satkrito Devavatsukam Raturjastasya Shreyaskrit Sarvesam Sukham Avahan Kanchit For a few days Kalam Time Ata Thus Avatsit Resided Satkrita Being well treated Devavat Just like a godly personality Sukham Amenities, Ratu, of the brother, Jaystasya, of the elder, Shreyakrit, for doing good to him, Sarvesham, all others, Sukham, happiness, Avahan, made it possible. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada Kijai. Thus, Mahatma Vidura, being treated just like a godly person by his kinsmen, remained there for a certain period just to rectify the mentality of his eldest brother and in this way bring happiness to all the others. Purport. Saintly persons like Vidura must be treated as well as a denizen from heaven. In those days, denizens of heavenly planets used to visit homes like that of Maharaj Yudhishthir. And sometimes persons like Arjuna and others used to visit higher planets. Narada is a spaceman who can travel unrestrictedly, not only within the material universes, but also in the spiritual universes. Even Narada used to visit the palace of Maharaj Yudhishthir and what to speak of other celestial demigods. It is only the spiritual culture of the people concerned that makes interplanetary travel possible, even in the present body. Maharaj Yudhishthir therefore received Vidura in the manner of reception offered to the demigods. Mahatma Vidura had already adopted the renounced order of life and therefore he did not return to his paternal palace to enjoy some material comforts. He accepted out of his own mercy what was offered to him by Maharaj Yudhishthir. But the purpose of living in the palace was to deliver his elder brother Dhritarashtra, who was too much materially attached. Dhritarashtra lost all his state and descendants in the fight with Maharaj Yudhishthir, and still, due to his sense of helplessness, he did not feel ashamed to accept the charity and hospitality of Maharaj Yudhishthir. On the part of Maharaj Yudhishthir, it was quite in order to maintain his uncle in a befitting manner. But acceptance of such magnanimous hospitality by Dhritarashtra was not at all desirable. He accepted it because he thought that there was no alternative. Vidura particularly came to enlighten Dhritarashtra and to give him a lift to the higher status of spiritual cognition. It is the duty of enlightened souls to deliver the fallen ones, and Vidura came for that reason. But talks of spiritual enlightenment are so refreshing that while instructing Dhritarashtra, Vidura attracted the attention of all the members of the family, 
and all of them took pleasure in hearing him patiently. This is the way of spiritual realization. The message should be heard attentively, and if spoken by a realized soul, it will act on the dormant heart of the conditioned soul, and by continuously hearing, one can attain the perfect stage of self-realization. Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Melitam Yena Tasmai Shri Guruve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Pandeham Shri Guru Shri Uta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raganatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamstra E Krishna Kuruna Sindo Dina Bando Jigatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Haripriye Vanchakalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubya Evacha Vatitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nichananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Srivasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare so we are reading the Bhagavatam, so we're very fortunate because by regularly attending classes on the Srimad Bhagavatam and rendering of service to the pure devotee, all inauspicious things in the heart, all things that can get in the way of our advancement are destroyed almost to nil. So it's amazing because with Prabhupada's program, we do these things every day. We're rendering some service to the pure devotee, Srila Prabhupada, and our spiritual master, and we're also regularly hearing Srimad Bhagavatam and the other texts like Bhagavad Gita. So we're super fortunate. And as we're hearing in this last paragraph of this purport, it's actually the responsibility of the fortunate to help those who are less fortunate. And in this material world, everyone is in an unfortunate condition. Um, Durga, that means like a fort. And Durga, she's the one who is presiding over the material world. So this material world, it's like a prison house. And I hear this example often, and it's always very sobering. Um, during many of the classes in uh, Kansas City, I hear this example how this material world, it's like a prison house. So Everyone, all the living entities or all the conditioned souls in the material world are the inmates. So in that sense, everyone in the material world is essentially a criminal. But if we take up the proper process, reformatory process, then we can get out of the prison house. And just like when someone acts nicely in the prison, then their time is cut short that they have to be there. And they're notified of it. Someone says, okay, you were supposed to be here whole lifetime, but actually you're going to get to get out in 10 months. The person, they're aware of this, so they begin to feel some happiness along the process and they begin to see uh, 
you could say like the light at the end of the tunnel. They begin to see that they're going to get out of that uh, prison situation. So, and since we're in this material world, when we take to the process of devotional service, we actually begin to finally get out of this material prison and back outside into the spiritual world, into our eternal blissful life with Krishna. In that process, it starts with hearing. So that's a really big part of spiritual life is this hearing process. So first one might see the devotees or hear about Krishna consciousness and have a little bit of um, a respect for it or some interest, a little bit of faith. And faith is needed because we can't actually do anything in the world without faith. If we're going to go to a doctor for something, we have some faith in the doctor and in the institution that has taught them and in the books that they have studied and in the medicine, so some faith is required there. If we take a class in a school, some faith is required in the teacher and the textbooks and all of these things. So similarly, we start with some faith by seeing the devotees or the amazing temples or tasting some amazing prashadam or seeing Srila Prabhupada's books, and then we think, okay, this is nice. There might be something to this. And after that... Um, we begin to associate with devotees and hear from them. And this is actually like the most important process in spiritual life is association with devotees. Sorry, I can't think of a verse that would verify it. But one thing is that we can actually see it for ourselves. Before associating with devotees, there was no chance of any real knowledge Um there's no chance of any kind of happiness in life. And then we associate with devotees and we begin to feel happy. We begin to become detached from things that are totally not helpful. And we begin to actually engage in some devotional service by the mercy of the devotees. So this association of devotees and also hearing are extremely important processes because this is what actually keeps us in devotional service. Let's see. So it is the duty, this is at the end of the purport, it is the duty of enlightened souls to deliver the fallen ones, and Vidura came for that reason. But talks of spiritual enlightenment are so refreshing that while instructing through Tarastra, Vidura attracted the attention of all the members of the family, and all of them took pleasure in hearing him patiently. So yesterday, we were reading how Vidura, he didn't speak um, of bad news when he was speaking to the Pandavas. He could see, he couldn't stand this. Here, I'll just read that. Compassionate Mahatma Vidura could not stand to see the Pandavas distressed at any time. Therefore, he did not disclose this unpalatable and unbearable incident because calamities come of their own accord. So we were reading how Distress comes of its own accord, so one shouldn't aggravate it by propaganda. One shouldn't speak more distress or disturb the minds of others. And a lot of the discussion was on how is it then that we have to speak about distressful things when we're preaching to people like birth, death, disease, and old age, how none of their endeavors that they're working so hard on are actually going to make them happy, and these kind of things. 
that seems distressful. So why is it that we speak of these things? Um, but we're reading here that as Vidura was speaking um, and enlightening Dhritarashtra, it attracted so many people who took pleasure in hearing this. And it's not all like light talks that Vidura is speaking to Dhritarashtra. I remember one of them, one of the things he says, he actually compares, um, let's see. Okay, like just here, for example, text 25. Here's one of the things Vidura speaks to Dutrastra. Despite your unwillingness to die and your desire to live even at the cost of honor and prestige, your miserly body will certainly dwindle and deteriorate like an old garment. So that might be distressful to hear if someone's speaking this to you in front of all of your family members. But actually, this was attracting the attention of everyone and everyone was relishing it because this information is what actually, it's like the cure or like some bitter medicine. So we understand like the mode of goodness that starts off something tastes very bitter, but in the end it's sweet. That's the mode of goodness. And then we know materialistic affairs and passionate affairs, those start off seeming sweet and in the end it's poison. So when we're hearing the transcendental subject matters, they might seem like it's something distressful, like what we were reading before, that someone distress shouldn't be propagated more. It might seem like a, someone's propagating something distressful, but that's only because of our, our, our John dislike condition, because we've been in the material world for so long that we've, it's like a boulder rolling down the hill. It's acquired so much speed for moving in the direction of material life. And now to stop it and move it back up, it's a, take some effort. It's an uncomfortable situation. So another example is just like with jaundice. When someone has jaundice, even sugar candy, it tastes gross. It tastes very bitter, but that sugar candy is the only cure for the jaundice situation. So like that, hearing of these transcendental topics, even though they're the most relishable things, all these amazing personalities, Narada Muni, Who's a spaceman? He can do anything. He can travel anywhere. He relishes to hear these topics. Um, so many great sages, they relish to hear the Srimad Bhagavatam. So even though that's the state of the Bhagavatam, we might have some jaundice condition in the beginning, and then it seems distressful. But if we go on hearing it, it actually becomes very much purifying, just like Medicine, it's the proper medicine, just like the sugar candy with jaundice. So, Vidura is speaking these things to Dhritarashtra and enlightening him in the fact that he's not the body, that he's a spirit soul, that he is attached materially, and that he actually needs to engage in devotional service to become detached from this illusory material nature and become fully satisfied in his eternal relationship with Krishna. So as he's speaking this, all the family members, they become attracted and they're hearing this. And I've seen uh, a similar example of this where we used to distribute books with a devotee named Parmeshwar Prabhu. And sometimes he would get into these pretty intense philosophical discussions with the people at the book tables. And I was walking by his table one time and I saw there's this whole crowd of students 
formed around this table, just like the family members here that are becoming attracted to these topics. And Parmeshwar Prabhu is speaking to one of the students on a point that it sounds very distressing. There was, sometimes there's students who are really fired up for their, um, their practice in Christianity and they just, they want to come and throw all their points and kind of attack the philosophy. So one of the students was doing this and Parmeshwar Prabhu, he was speaking on a really important point that, uh, people need to hear in, at least in America is this point of not killing. So the student was arguing about Christianity and Parmeshwar was making the point of you actually need to be a good Christian and follow Jesus' teachings, which start with thou shalt not kill, so you can't kill animals. And they're getting really uh, in-depth with this discussion. It was pretty heated. But even though it seemed like a distressing discussion, um, so many people were attracted to it because they're actually hearing the truth. They're actually hearing information, which is it enlightens the conditioned souls and gets us free from all of these sinful activities that we've been attached to in material life for so long. So it might appear at first like poison or something distressing, but actually it's very much helpful and relishable to everybody. This is the way of spiritual realization. The message should be heard attentively. And if spoken by a realized soul, it will act on the dormant heart of the conditioned soul. So that message that should be heard attentively and spoken by a realized soul and that acts on the heart of a conditioned soul, essentially the essence of it is what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. Sarva dharmam prityaja mamekam sharanam vraja aham tvam sarva papebhyo mokshayi Krishna explains to abandon all other processes, um, any, all other processes and just surrender unto him. So what that essentially means is that there's not some other endeavor that's going to make us fully fulfilled or fully satisfied or fully happy. Although the mind is always telling us that there is because of millions of millions of births in the material world. So we go to chant Hare Krishna and the mind starts saying, no, 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 there's something better to do. Then the way that we beat the mind and train it is just by we keep chanting Hare Krishna. And so this is kind of the the essence of the Bhagavad Gita and the essence of this knowledge that we're trying to share with people is that there's no other process that's actually going to save us or give us any shelter or any happiness other than fully surrendering unto Krishna. And we do that. Like he says, Tesham Satata Yuktanam Bhajatam Pritipurvakam Dadami Bhuti Yogam Tam Enamam Upiyantate. We do that by engaging in his devotional service. As one worships him with love, he reveals the path by which they can come to him. And that service we do based on what we've heard in the scriptures and based on the instructions of the spiritual master. Okay, and then here's the rest of the purport. And by continuously hearing, one can attain the perfect stage of self-realization. So we, we go on hearing, we go on um, like that amazing verse in the beginning of the Bhagavatam. We go on regularly hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. And in that way we become purified. And so also in this last sentence, this also describes what the nature of devotional service has to be. 
it says by continuously hearing. So, um, there's that verse, uh, just describing the nature of devotional service. It has to be unmotivated and uninterrupted. And the reason or the result of that is in, in order to completely satisfy the self. So in, if we want complete satisfaction, we engage in devotional service without any break, without any interruption, and without any ulterior purpose or ulterior motive. And then in that way, we become fully satisfied. So these are some of the topics that Vidura will speak to Dhritarashtra soon um, in order to help him become detached from material life and attached to Lord Sri Krishna, who is the most lovable object and our dear most friend. So, are there any comments or questions? So one thing, I, th- I need a little help from everybody. Um, the way I'm understanding this part here is that Dhritarashtra should, he should feel ashamed to accept the charity and the hospitality of Maharaj Yudhishthir. Is that proper understanding? Because he's already caused so much distress to Maharaj Yudhishthir. So, Dhritarashtra is, he should actually feel ashamed, um, in accepting this charity and hospitality. And it's not really his duty to now live comfortably under the care of the person he was just attacking and causing so much distress to. So, let's see. Dutarastra, who's, Dutarastra lost all his state and descendants in the fight with Maharaj Yudhishthir. And still, due to his sense of helplessness, he did not feel ashamed to accept the charity and hospitality of Maharaj Yudhishthir. So, yeah, we're seeing that the sense of helplessness is, it's in a negative way in this part. Um, because we do want to be fully dependent on Krishna, but we also understand that there's that saying, God helps those who help themselves. So we want to be fully dependent on him as in I have no other shelter besides Krishna. There's not something else I can take shelter of. Like I might think, okay, I'm going to, if I work out at the gym an hour every day, then I'll be safe. I'll be happy. I'll never get sick. So I'm taking shelter of the gym. <laughs> or... I'll think, okay, if I buy this $100 superfood and I mix it in a smoothie every day, then I'll never die. I'll be fine and like that. So we don't take shelter of this material energy, actually. Instead, we take shelter of Krishna, and that is perfect. But this helplessness is not so favorable that we're seeing with the Tarastra. Um because we we also need to help ourselves, as in we don't just want to take service from Krishna. Like there is this story about two of the six Goswamis, uh, Krishna and Prabhu. Do you remember this story nicely with the details, where they don't want to take service from Srimati Radharani? Would you like to explain the, the story? Okay. Well, there is an example of the six Goswamis explaining how they didn't want to take service from Radha and Krishna. So, we actually, we do our duty, um, and we depend on Krishna. The result is fully up to Krishna, but we still actually do our duty. Like if I'm on book distribution and I think, man, I can't do this, I can't do this, 
I'm just going to depend on Krishna. And then I just sit down. I think, Krishna, it's up to you now. You'll just have to send someone to me to get the books. This wouldn't be so favorable. But actually, we do our part. And even though it's not a big part, we still, we put in our effort. Um, and then Krishna reciprocates with that. So we're helpless in the sense that we are very small. Krishna is very large and we're a tiny part and parcel. There's not very much we can do. We're kind of like um, that sparrow in the example with Lord Ramachandra. They were building a... Oh, no, not a sparrow. It was actually a spider. <laughs> they were building a bridge over to Lanka. And Hanuman and all his pals are throwing huge boulders into the water to build the bridge. And this little spider, he's just flicking grains of sand. And he kind of gets disregarded by the other devotees. But Lord Ramachandra makes a point that it's that, that devotee is actually doing amazing service and that it's not so much the material thing that's going on that matters, but their devotion. So we're like that. We're like the little spider. But we don't just give up our duty of kicking the little grains of sand for Krishna. Actually, we do our best to kick as many of them into the water as possible and make this bridge. And then Krishna reciprocates with, with that effort that we're putting in. Um, was that a, sufficient? Thank you. Are there any other comments or questions? Or anything that stood out in the text? Yes, Krishnandu Prabhu? Thank you. Yeah, that's a really important point, actually. This, um, like you were saying, it, this helplessness that he was feeling was causing him to then just live like at the cost of Maharaj Yudhishthira and not really do anything. And it's kind of a disturbing point to think about because I was thinking, well, uh, it's almost similar in our situation when we come to Krishna consciousness where we were doing so many abominable activities before and now we're here uh, taking shelter of Srila Prabhupada we have the mercy of the devotees, and things are so nice. But then if we don't actually do anything with that to help and actually give anything back, like we know we can never actually repay the debt to our spiritual master. It's not possible. We'll be, we'll be a laughing stock if we think we can repay that debt. But we still try. We still try to give some service and hope that it's pleasing to our spiritual master. So with this amazing opportunity that we've been given and so much, so many lives of nonsense that we've been saved from, it's, uh, would really be upsetting if we didn't actually reciprocate with that incredible gift we've been given and try to also give, render some sort of service. And, one devotee was speaking to me uh, very strongly about this, actually. And he was saying, he was giving an example, because I, I don't think I was asking him very good questions or maybe complaining too much or something. And he was saying, if someone, it's just like if there's a homeless person on the street, and you take them off the street and give them nice food and nice clothes in a good situation, and then after all this time, they're just complaining about things, saying this isn't nice enough, I don't like this, I don't like that. Instead of being grateful, you'd you'd be kind of angry. You might he was giving the example you would want to just throw them back out. <laughs> so this devotee was making uh the this point to me to encourage me to actually 
try my best to do my service and also at the same time be grateful because this is something we should always keep is our gratefulness for this process of Krishna consciousness and everything that we've uh, been given. We've been given the opportunity to engage in devotional service. That's the most valuable thing. So we should always be grateful for it and try to render some service to our best ability, whatever services we've been given. Um, Are there any last comments or questions? Thank you. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai.